Welcome to the Crypto Altruism Podcast, the podcast dedicated to highlighting the intersections of social impact with blockchain, cryptocurrency, and Web3. I'm your host, Drew Simon from CryptoAltruism.org. Now, before we get started today, just a quick disclaimer. While we may discuss specific projects or cryptocurrencies on this podcast, please do not take any of this as investment advice, and please make sure to do your own research on any potential investment opportunities. And now, on to the fun stuff. Welcome, and thanks so much for joining today. For the last few episodes, we've had a bit of a theme going, as you can probably tell. We've interviewed some fantastic artists and leaders who are using NFTs for social impact. Today, we continue this conversation before shifting focus for the next couple of episodes. Today, we welcome Ali Sabat, a painter, designer, illustrator, NFT artist, and philanthropist. Some of Sabat's most notable products include Tokyo Punks, Healing Codes, and Ugly Kitties. Sabat has donated hundreds of thousands of dollars through the sale of his art and NFTs to a number of important causes, such as UNICEF, the American Cancer Society, Curate Foundation, and more. More recently, Sabat has been working on two projects with a focus on raising funds in support of Ukraine. For today's episode, Ali and I have a fascinating conversation on the power of NFTs for good, his artistic approach, and also some tips and tricks for newcomers looking to break into the world of NFTs. You won't want to miss out on this fascinating conversation. Welcome, Ali. Thanks for joining today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Great. Well, to jump into things, something standard that I ask all guests on the show is to really learn about how you got into the space in the first place. So what was your aha moment that got you interested in NFTs, Web3, cryptocurrency? So, uh, I mean, I had been playing with crypto maybe since 2017, 18. I had a little bit of Ethereum. I think I bought it when it was like $25 or something. And um, so I had kind of had a feeling and I was comfortable enough in it where it wasn't like a very scary thing to get into um, but I had no idea what NFTs were till probably, I, I want to say January or February of 2021. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had maybe again, dabbled in it. I'd heard of crypto kitties early on, uh, and having had a, the basically created the second social network for character artists in 2005, uh, crypto kitties to me was like a recreation of that. Right. For, for me, I mean, if anything, I feel like Moji Zoo, which is what it was called, was the first PFP uh, project that was user generated. It was an incredible, incredible project, over 50,000 character artists and so on and so forth. So from a perspective of usability and all that stuff, it, it made sense. But from an understanding of what crypto, you know, like I just couldn't get my re- head around like why anybody would be buying a $300,000 kitty cat, right? <laughs> That just didn't make sense to me. I, I just couldn't get my head around it. Uh, with that being said, and uh, a couple of friends started asking me in January or February of 2021, hey, have you heard of NFTs? And I was like, mm, no. So I started Googling. And honestly, like, I don't know if I was looking in the wrong place because Google should bring up all the results. Uh, I was finding maybe like one or two articles on NFTs. And one of them had like a list of 10 NFT platforms, which I think at the time, number one was like known origin on that Mm -hmm. platform. I right away submitted. And I think by February 14th, they let me in. And then um, I minted probably quite a few pieces, including my Genesis piece, which was Galaxy Sailor. And I think I sold my first one within the first couple of days. Wow. And that felt completely... Um, incredible. And I knew it wasn't normal. I, I knew it wasn't like the, what we're used to uh, on an energetic level. It felt completely different. Mm-hmm. So I felt the presence of it. I 
really um, embodied it before I even understood it. And I knew I didn't have enough time to understand it before I can, uh, before I need to move forward. So I moved forward fairly quickly. Fair enough. Well, that's really cool. Uh, so we've learned a little bit about how you got involved in the NFT space and, you know, the value that you see in that. Uh, maybe just tell us a little bit about you more broadly and your artistic practice. Sure. Uh, so I started as a designer and a branding guy uh, in 1999, working for Foot Conan Belding, Bozell Advertising, accounts like Milk, Kawasaki, AirTouch, TaylorMade Golf. And then uh, I was an art director or a junior art director on Taco Bell, where I learned all my design skills and branding skills. I uh, had a great uh, creative director that took me under his wings and taught me how to design because I had no design uh, background or illustration background by any means. And I was 23. So a lot of what I learned was in that very condensed nine months of there until I got laid off. And I started what I call today Sabit Brands, which was an agency for uh, creating identity work, naming, uh, product development, uh, packaging, and all of that good stuff. I cre- I did that for quite a while, uh, for probably the <laughs> most of my life, 25 years, and still included today. Uh, and it's been it's been fairly amazing. It it was it was an up and down <clears throat> ride, but at the same time, I knew I was I had one leg out. I was always looking forward mm-hmm. to do something else, which was essentially illustrating and painting. And that was happening alongside that. 2015, I decided to fast track that and make sure that uh, if my future was going to be a you know I was going to be a painter, I had to paint every day. So I started painting all day and designing at night to take care of my clients. And uh, moving from there, um, you know, that transition was complete by 2019, where I was actually selling paintings and prints, uh, doing flash sales and selling online, including Facebook and Instagram live. And, uh, you know, just the general feed that helped a lot with my audience. And again, living where I do, which is Southern California, not near LA, you know, close enough, but not enough, not close enough to be there every day to be in the scene. I had to do it all via social media. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's where we are now. And, you know, segueing into uh, what, you know, altruism and helping out, uh, a lot of my work was one, the way I got my work out other than social media was collaborations with brands such as uh, Mont Blanc, Furla, John Barbados, and every, you know, so my shows were held at these different stores and my signings were there. And also uh, a huge part of it was uh, in donating artwork for causes like Hear Aid Foundation, UNICEF, um, uh, and so many others that I can't recall all the names right now, but many, many, many different ones. And uh, and probably donated anywhere from $100,000 to $200,000 a year in art that would that would raise that much funds. Hear Aid Foundation was a big one, mm-hmm. really cool. So it's it's been kind of part of the ethos of my work it's always about um if i could have done this stuff and not charge for it great if it can help raise uh awareness and funds for a project or or something that's going on that's great as well yeah that's great well and that's amazing that you've contributed 100 to 200,000 dollars annually to these charitable causes including like you mentioned here aid foundation aid services foundation unicef the american cancer society so I, quite impressive roster of organizations you've worked with. So um, how do you select an organization to work with? How do you form those partnerships when you're looking for a new 
know, charity to support through your artistic practice? Usually they would come to me during that, during, through friends and family who were part of those, uh, uh, like Operation Smile was a childhood friend of mine. She was working with the, with the team fairly closely and, you know, they share what's going on with the cause. And of course, if, you know, if everything checks out and I know that hundred percent or near hundred percent goes to charity, uh, I, or running the operations in a fair manner, I'm more than happy to donate my work. I mean, again, you're talking about like four years of, or longer of donating to a lot of these charities when I didn't have anything at all. <laughs> there was times where I'd be at these fancy galas where my piece sells for $22,000 and I have like 800 bucks to my name. <laughs> and I'm like, ah, oh, I need that. But, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it was the energy and vibration that was put into those pieces that were, you know, and the best part of it was when they would reach back and say, hey, your donation just paid for three operations at Operation Smile or your your piece just paid for two hearing aids mm-hmm. or one hearing aid or one hearing aid operation uh, for, you know, Hear Aid Foundation. So those were, and it was a way for me, there's a part of it that's a little selfish. And I want to say the, the, the part that's selfish is that I want to be able to help, but emotionally, I feel like I take a lot in. So to be directly connected, it's really difficult for me to see some of the pain and suffering. And I, I do take it in as much as possible, as much as I can, I can bear, but it was a way of being able to help indirectly, but directly. I don't know if I'm making sense, Yeah, totally. Uh, but putting my love and emotions in the work that hopefully uh, people could feel and want to be around the work as well as donate, you know? Absolutely. For sure. That's great. And so I understand that one of your newer projects that you're working on is an NFT that you're looking to auction in support of Ukraine and supporting those that have been impacted by the uh, Russian invasion of Ukraine. So tell me a little bit about that. So there is actually two pieces. Mm -hmm. Um, There is a piece that I started uh, the auction on. It wasn't an auction. It's an open edition, Mm -hmm. uh, which means that uh, anybody can come and purchase for a period of time for a very fair amount of price. I've priced it at probably about a quarter of what a normal edition would be. So mm-hmm. people can afford it and they can feel like they can contribute. It's called Freedom Flowers 2022 by Sabit. And this piece is one of my iconic pieces that has been uh, shifted to represent the colors of Ukraine's flag. And I'm not sure if you saw it or did, I, did we I share did, it? Yeah, you? it was absolutely beautiful. And I'll make sure to include a link to it as well in my in the show notes so that others can see it. Absolutely. So that piece has already raised, I want to say around 9,000 after costs and things like that, because we're actually paying for the gas fees as well for people to purchase it. And they can either purchase it with a credit card or um, they can purchase it with, um, with crypto, with Ethereum and their Ethereum wallets. And that's on my sabit.story.xyz website. And you can scroll down and you can see it. it's called Freedom Flower. Um, there's another piece that I have, uh, on sale, uh, on auction, uh, for a short period of time for this purpose, just because of the fact that these auctions tend to kind of burn out uh, and then I would have to resubmit it mm-hmm. is called gasoline 2021. Uh, and it's an additional one-on-one and that's on auction on super rare right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, that piece is a, kind of a important piece throughout the process of going through this, um, space nft space i've you know faced some 
different, diff- difficult and challenging times throughout the periods. Mm-hmm. And instead of using my words, you know, and tweets and everything else, I tend to paint my feelings and what's coming through. Oh, yeah. And it definitely did feel like I was going through uh, a turbulent time, which now kind of represents what's happening today. And uh, I wanted to dedicate that to the Ukraine um, fund as well. We're looking for the right funds to send these to, but the reserve price on that is a, is 28 ETH and that's a one-on-one. Mm-hmm. Um, I have donated quite a bit to, uh, as, as an NFT artist, uh, I think uh, one of my pieces sold uh, in China uh, through Hubi, which is a, you know, I think it raised like $53,000 last year. Wow. And, uh, we donated 100% of that to UNICEF. Another one at, at Hubi Auction, which was, I think, backed by Polly or Youngla, which are both uh, two of the largest uh, auction houses in the world, about 10 times bigger than Christie's, I think, at this point. Mm-hmm. And those guys, uh, that one raised like another 16000 or 15000 uh, And that was all donated to UNICEF as well. So I've done uh, kind of the similar things in the NFT space already. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for me, again, this is just an extension of what we do. Yeah, absolutely. And and your art speaks for itself. And like you said, you're not, you know, one to go on Twitter and share your thoughts. You do it through art and your art all has a powerful message while at the same time uh, supporting really important causes. So thanks for the work you're doing and all that you've contributed to these causes so far. Um, so on that note of NFTs and social impact, how do you see NFTs helping bridge that gap between art and social impact? I believe that, I mean, the gap is fairly closed, right? I mean, mm. it's so close. Uh, it's such a small gap that it's fairly easy to close because we're talking to our collectors and uh, directly, and we know how they're feeling. We know how their ups and downs fairly quickly uh, in, their, in the journey that we're all taking together. So because of that relationship and that bond that gets created between the artist and the uh, collector, you know, we also share a lot of the same values. So if I'm, if they love my work and they love my values that they see through my work, I'm sure they'll see that I'm doing the best I can to support and they're willing to support by wanting to own a piece and at the same time help. I think it's a win-win situation for everyone because they also know that their money is going to the right place. Yeah, and, and also the greatest part about this is super transparency, right? As soon as we donate whatever we earn, on, um, you know, on freedom flowers or gasoline, it's going to be very obvious where it's going to go, right? Whether, you know, whether it gets done in fiat or not, at least we know how much I earned through that, how much of it was paid in gas, we'll publish that on our discord. And then uh, we'll also publish where we're sending that money to. And again, that direct relationship uh, is, is vital for, for the transparency that's going to be created here. Absolutely. And that's always been one of the biggest benefits I see when it comes to crypto philanthropy and NFTs is just that that transparency of donations and knowing exactly how much went to who, when, um, and having that all just easily auditable and track trackable. So that's, uh, that's great. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of folks that uh, are new to the space that are really trying to break through and also really have that social impact focus, um, you know, and, but are maybe struggling to find their footing in the NFT community. So Tell me about what your experience has been so far with Web3 and NFT and any advice that you have maybe for new and emerging artists that are looking to really break through in the space. I believe, I think one of the uh, biggest hurdles when you're someone who's social impact focused, 
and not art focused, let's say they're an artist, but they want to come and help right away. Mm -hmm. One of the things, the challenges that they're going to face is that without an audience, and again, there's audience and you have community, right? You know, a lot of people talk about community in this space, and I think they mis misname it by calling audience community. Mm -hmm. So, you know, without having a community or without having an audience or both at the same time, they're going to have, they're going to see that there's a struggle of even raising a dime for themselves to live uh, versus even being able to help anyone else. Mm -hmm. So if, when people are coming in, I really truly believe that they need to work on building that audience through their magic, through their own ability to share their work. Yeah. And as that audience grows and it's then they start monetizing it. So not to worry about monetizing it right away when they come in, <coughs> but focus on growing their audience by sharing their gifts with the world. Mm -hmm. At that point, when it starts to become monetized, then they can decide how much of it they can afford to donate and how much of it they need to live their daily lives. Uh, some of us, you know, need it. Some of us don't. I've been in both positions. So, you know, when I was not, you know, when I needed it, I would share in the profit of a piece that I would give away, right? I would, mm -hmm. you know, in the physical world, I would take 20%. I would, sometimes I was given half of it just so I can pay for my overhead and the costs that it takes to do this. Um, today, you know, I'm blessed enough to be able to support myself through the sales of my NFTs. Therefore, when I do dedicate a piece or two uh, to supporting causes, I can give away a hundred percent of it and, uh, and still take care of my family. Yeah, that's awesome. And I think that that's such an important advice too, right? A lot of newcomers to the space are really looking to have the biggest impact possible, but maybe aren't always taking care of themselves. Right. And it's important to also set up yourself to make sure that you're bringing in enough funds to take care of yourself so that you can then help uh, support others as well through these causes. So yeah, that, that's such, such great advice. So, um, you know, we've talked a little bit about the Gasoline 2021, Freedom Flower, some of these really cool projects that are supporting great causes. What else do listeners have to look forward to um, with some of your upcoming projects and collaborations? So <clears throat> some of the upcoming projects are going to be based on the projects that I've already introduced in the past year. Mm -hmm. uh, on Sabbath Original Paintings, I'm going to continue to do that daily, weekly, and share it with the world. And as NFTs, editions, one-on-ones, those are going to always be around. Tokyo Punks was my first hand-painted, I call it organically generated, <laughs> uh, project with 4,850 NFTs. We had a lot of fun stuff uh, planned for that. What I call, you know, that one had, everybody asked, what was the, what's the utility? What's the roadmap? And uh, the, the whole point of that project is art is the utility and love is the roadmap. And we're going to awesome. stick to that. We're going to continue to do that with all our projects uh, for the core concept of it is going to be arts, the utility and love is the roadmap and love is what we're going to bring, whether it's through helping others or through creating new work that's going to enrich their lives and connect with them. Uh, but it's going to be very art focused. Uh, there is projects that are, you know, also different that have practical utility and intrinsic utility like healing codes. It is a slow project, but it is a generative project based on 333 codes. I write a language that I can't read called love script. And um, it has, I've been told it has healing capabilities and therefore uh, they are energetically charged pieces that we're selling as 
NFTs. So each individual code might have an addition of one to 25 or one to 50. And uh, the person who receives it, it's been called out. You know, they've been, there's a lot more intricacies to it that people can check out on healingcodes.io under the gallery, like clicking on it and looking at the powers of their code. We, we actually generated this beautiful experience for each code. Um, but that has beyond uh, its intrinsic value. It also has a practical utility of giving access to a platform we're building for healing and wellness professionals to be able to come and share their work and share their gifts with our community that is healing codes. And as that expands and scales, I think we're also not only giving them a platform to share their gifts, but to also monetize their gifts over time mm -hmm. without us having to take a piece of it because they're already giving us so much of their love uh, by being on our platform. We want them to thrive as well as uh, a lot of them don't have as much of an audience or a community as uh, I've been able to create with my team. Um, then there's, of course, Pixel Pop. Uh, Pixel Pop was a small edition uh, collectible, all handmade. We'll see uh, the next version of that is going, going to be a, a, a little bit more scaled out. Mm -hmm. And Ugly Kitties as well. So uglykitties.com, you guys can check that out. That's been always a favorite project of mine that came out of nowhere for Web3. And I feel like it's going to be here for uh, a lifetime. So That's I'll be awesome. working on that as well to making that into a bigger collection that will also reward uh, the ones who believed in the projects in the first iteration of them, all of them, basically. Yeah. That's really so, cool. Yeah. So, yeah, so much on the go right now. You're a busy person. And, you know, I love what you said there that art is the utility and love is the roadmap. And, you know, your projects have some really cool perks and utility to them as well that go beyond uh, just not only a really amazing piece of artwork and collectible, but some really unique ways to engage um, with that uh, health and wellness platform they're looking to create so many different things there. And we'll make sure to, of course, link all those in the show notes. But as we near the end of our conversation, and I really appreciate all you've shared so far, what's the best way for learner, uh, for listeners to learn more about you, your art, the causes you support? Sure. Uh, the, the easiest way to find me is sabet.com, S-A-B-E-T.com. And there's tabs there. We are going to be updating that website to showcase more of uh, the web three platform, but if they click the NFT button, it'll go to mm -hmm. one of those link farms and they can find out all about my different platforms that I'm on. Um, it's been a beautiful journey uh, and I'm excited to be here. I mm -hmm. could have never imagined this two years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, I knew that I was going to do a lot of work in this, mm -hmm. in this world. And I already have, uh, but I just didn't know how, it was going to scale beyond me sitting in this office, yeah. uh, packing and shipping prints yeah, all the way to the day before my first NFT sales. Well, that's I amazing. Yeah. yeah. And I just think it speaks to how quickly everything's moving, right? Just looking back two years from now and who knows what it's going to look like two years into the future, right? Like that's, that's the crazy thing. It's just moving so quickly. So uh, links to all those projects and, and your website and your social links, of course, in the show notes, uh, Ali, it's been an absolute pleasure having you here learning from you. Thank you for all you're doing. And I can't wait to see uh, all the great things you do next and how things go with the Freedom Flowers uh, auction as well. So uh, sure. thank you for all you're doing, Ali. And thanks for joining today. I appreciate you. And thank you for uh, you know sharing all this stuff with everyone, because uh, if we can help a couple of people, I know it's, I don't know, it's heartbreaking of what's happening. I, I, and I know this is a, a post show, but I am a kid who came from a warden country, you know, Iran. So I moved here in 86 to get away from that. Mm 
Mm-hmm. And uh, after being in it since I was probably born or a little bit after I was born. Uh, so I relate on, on a much Absolutely. deeper level than most people understand. I, so uh, the trauma is not, you know, 35 years later, it's still here. Yeah, for sure. And that really just goes in your artwork and just, you know, really just adds that powerful message that your artwork's delivering. Right. So thank you for sharing that. I really appreciate that. And thanks again for joining today, Ali. It was an absolute pleasure. Thanks a lot, brother. Talk to you soon. Art is the utility and love is the roadmap. I think that quote bears repeating and sums up Sabbath's approach of using NFTs to tell a powerful story, spread love and support important social causes. A big thank you again to Ali for joining today and For more information on Ali's project, including his two upcoming projects in support of Ukraine, and to learn more about some of his other collections, make sure to check out the show notes. Well, that's all for now. Thanks for tuning into the Crypto Altruism Podcast. For more great content exploring the intersections of cryptocurrency, blockchain, and social impact, check us out at CryptoAltruism.org. Also, check the show notes to learn how you can support us, including by buying us a coffee. We operate on the support of the community, so anything helps. Thanks so much for joining us, and I hope you'll join us again for our next episode. Until then, keep on doing good in the cryptosphere. Thank you for listening to the Crypto Altruism Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you can stay up to date on new episodes as they're released and check out CryptoAltruism.org for more inspiring content.